0: Okay, hi. Welcome to Break Time with Brakeman. I am Beverly Brakeman, Director of UAW Region 9A and I'm here with um, a friend and ally for a long time to UAW, um, Connecticut Secretary of State Denise Merrill. And we invited um, Secretary of State Merrill here to talk to us a little bit about um, all of the changes in voting and vote by mail and um, how things are going both nationally and in Connecticut and um, I think she has some exciting news and some um, some challenges that we're dealing with. So thank you so much for joining us. And um, how are things going nationally? And what are we expecting on August 11th?
1: Yeah, well, thanks, Bev. And it's great to be here. Great to see you. I haven't seen you in a while.
0: <laughs> I know. It's been a while. Um,
1: well, it's, it's just such a big unknown. Uh, we're dealing with a situation where in probably the most hotly contested and important election I can remember in my 30 years. Um, And now we have a pandemic on top of it. So um, my first comment is everybody's going to need to be a little bit patient with this because we are just in uncharted waters. Um, But the uh, voting by mail has been developed very quickly here in Connecticut uh, because we have not done this before. We've had very limited access to absentee ballots. In fact, we are now the most restrictive state in the country because we don't have early voting and we don't have easy access to absentee ballots. So we've been trying to fix that for years. It keeps getting blocked, um, but this has really given it a new urgency.
0: Uh, yes, we have we're a, somewhere around voting access around the same as Alabama, right, or something like that? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're the only two states now that have these limitations.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, you never think of Connecticut that way, but I that's know. where we are yeah. with this one. So, uh, yes, we have primary coming up August 11th. Um, a lot of people say, oh, this is a done deal. Both Donald Trump and Joe Biden are clearly the nominees for their party, and a primary is generally, just to choose the nominee and who your uh, delegates are going to vote for. Mm -hmm. But interestingly, uh, the last few primaries that are still being held in other states, and the one that comes to mind is Minnesota, last week had their primary. They had the highest turnout for a primary in recorded memory. Wow. And they are, like us, not as familiar with voting by mail. And they had a huge number of people voting by mail. And I can't remember the exact number, but those were both kind of surprising numbers. So we keep Mm -hmm. watching to see what's gonna happen. So on that side, you have big numbers. Conversely, you saw what happened in Georgia, Kentucky, Mm -hmm. Milwaukee, where they assumed that everybody was gonna vote by mail or maybe it was more nefarious than that, I don't know. And they closed all their polling places and they had a disaster. Thousands of people weren't able to vote. So we don't want that either.
0: Right. So
1: what we're trying to do here is plan for both. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mm-hmm. wanna make sure if everybody suddenly wakes up, decides to go to the polling place, that we have the capacity and we are following all the CDC guidelines. We have safety at the polls. We're all familiar with the you know, grocery stores now. So that's what you're gonna see. You're gonna stand yeah. six feet apart. You're gonna wear a mask. PPE for all poll workers will be in place. We're going to scrub everything, so uh, I think people can feel okay about going to the polls if that's what they choose to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: On the other hand, we get it. I mean, that's why the governor and I agreed that we needed to allow for anyone who had a fear that they might be sick, they might become sick, whatever it is, that they should be able to vote by mail. Yeah. And so. We're anticipating there will be a lot yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've yeah. already sent out and and the first thing we did was to take the burdens off the towns. We sent applications to every voter. Yep. So that they would know exactly how to do this and they, it was they were sent out. So those are now gone out and many mm-hmm. of them have come back requesting absentee ballots. I don't know the exact numbers right now, but it's a big number. I'm anticipating probably 40% of voters will decide yeah. to vote absentee. I
0: mean, I think in my little race in my town, the, um, in the 20th, we had over, over 2,000 absentee ballot applications. Like, just in that one small, that's a, that's a lot. <laughs> right. So, so here's some of the um,
1: problems we're anticipating. One is the Postal Service. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not what it was. It's been underfunded uh, mm-hmm. in Connecticut, Fairfield County. The mail goes to Westchester and back into Fairfield County if you mail something across the street. So sometimes wow. this can take, oh, yeah, we've had lots of problems with this in the past. We're working with the post office. Your, your ballot envelope will now have a green stripe on it to show that it's election mail. Uh, it okay. will be barcoded, you know, so all those things. We're trying to ramp this up very quickly. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, that's the reason we bought the famous ballot boxes that you're hearing about.
0: Yeah. So tell me about those, because actually I've been out on the doors for Kate Farrar. We've been very conscientious about the way we've been doing it, but um, people are very worried about the mail, so they want to know, I want to go and physically put it somewhere if I can't vote.
1: That's exactly right, and that's the right instinct, quite frankly, yeah. in my view, uh, yep. because like we were just saying, who knows, if it takes a week to get there, you, you got to right. plan, you that. can... and that's a long time, you know, and so anyway, we, I'm recommending that people use these drop boxes. Yep. They're basically a mailbox, Mm -hmm. It's probably in front of your town hall. Some towns have more than one. I think one city has four or five. Um, And you just go down and drop it in the box. And every day, the clerks will take it out. And the reason for that is a lot of town halls are still not operating with full schedules. Or you have to make appointments to come in and so forth. So we wanted to make sure voters had access to being able to drop it off like normal. Normally, you'd go into town hall and just give it to the town clerk. Right. So uh, they're very secure. They were purchased uh, from a, a company that does these drop boxes for everywhere in the country. Most states use these drop boxes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're very solid. They're supposed to be bolted to the ground. I know there have been all these kind of bugaboo <laughs> t- talking about, oh, my God, somebody's going to drop bleach in it or whatever. I think that's just very Shall we say highly speculative? Yes. <laughs> and Be kind. that's a good so uh, yeah, that's a great a great point. People should, if they're worried about the timing, and you know, they should they should. By the way, they should be getting their. If they requested by a- application, they should be getting their ballot either today, tomorrow, or the, okay. sometime this week. Um, okay. But again, we're we're subject to the post office. Uh, but they were mailed. And so we'll see. Uh, In a pinch, if someone's going on vacation or something like that, and they need to get it, the
0: clerk can issue another one if they haven't gotten theirs yet. So just be aware. That's good to know. So how do you see this? I mean, this is—it's so interesting to get to talk to you because you know exactly the things you're saying are what people are asking. But how do you see, like, post-pandemic? Like, like, do we have to pass laws to? to put these things into place for the, fe- like, is vote by mail going to just go away once we're past this pandemic? Or how do you envision sort of the future and the next session coming up?
1: It is not going away. If anything, there might even be federal legislation that yeah. will, that will yeah. be passed that will require it uh, for the convenience of voters. Because, you know, frankly, I don't think this pandemic's going away very quickly. That, yeah, exactly. That but, yeah. The only disappointment I had with the legislative bill that just passed yesterday, actually, is that it's only for November. So we're going to have to have this fight all over again. And truthfully, we need a constitutional amendment, Mm -hmm. because these rules are in our state constitution. We're the only state that has this situation. And it's just long past time that we join everyone else and be able to have you know voting by mail and early voting whatever we choose to do but the legislature should make that decision and it shouldn't be still embodied in the 1818 constitution you know it's not appropriate
0: can the legislature, like this is i'm going back to my when i was doing more lobbying like to change the constitution can we legislate a, We can't legislate a change to the constitution, but can we right. legislate something that gets it out? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, We need an amendment, constitutional amendment. It's really hard.
0: Yes, to, it do, takes
1: like two years to do. We have seventy-five percent of the vote okay. in both house and senate. Okay, if they did that. Even if they did that this September, if they came in special session. Yeah. And 75%, which would mean some of the Republicans are going to have to vote yes on this. Right. Uh, there were a lot of uh, statements made yesterday about how, oh, of course they want more absentee ballot. They've always supported that. And one of the people that made that statement is actually suing me uh, to stop the absentee balloting. Really? So I, I won't yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, if, if we could get a 75% vote in both houses, it would still have to go on the ballot because everyone in the state gets to vote on this, whether Mm -hmm. they want this amendment. And so it could go on the ballot in November if they would pass it this session uh, with 75%. Now, if you don't get 75% and you only get something like 50 to 75%
0: simple majority.
1: Yeah, simple majority in both houses you have to go back to a second legislature so that's oh two God. more years they have to vote with at least a simple majority and then it goes on the ballot so the soonest right. we would have any of this would be like i don't know 2026 20,
0: yeah yeah which is really unfortunate um it's terrible. It, it, yeah um so. so what other, cha- what other election changes do you see uh, your office advocating or pushing for in the next session that would make it easier for Connecticut citizens to vote?
1: I think we need more techn- more technology. I mean, we can't even do some of the simple things that other states are doing, like tracking your ballot. We were just talking about how you don't know if your ballot's been received. Well, all of us know now, I get a notice every day from the U.S. Postal Service saying, oh, this is what's going to arrive in your mailbox, right? Oh, yeah. There's no reason we couldn't have a ballot tracking system for Mm -hmm. the voters to check to see if their ballot got received. Yeah. Um, So that's one thing I would do right away. I would also do an electronic system to be able to get applications for absentee ballots online, which we still don't have. Uh, Will Haskell introduced a bill to do that last year but we've been uh, so stuck in the legislature we haven't been able to pass much elegi- election legislation at all in the last
0: 3 or 4 years it just keeps getting bogged down for one reason or another uh, yeah it is weird uh, in our, you know you think of Connecticut as such a blue state but we're just so behind in this area yeah. um so, you know, it, talking to our members and sort of the general public at large, what are things that sort of the average citizen can do to help these elections run more smoothly um, and, and keep some of these, you know, newer policies moving forward?
1: Well, one thing we need right away uh, is more poll workers. Um, many of our poll workers are of an age, uh, like myself, I have to say, where- yes, I know. Seen as dangerous, you know, to go to crowded situations or be out in public, and uh, many of them may or may not want to work the polls this year. Mm -hmm. And we've already had some symptoms of having a crisis in being able to recruit poll workers. So we have launched a poll worker recruitment program. There's actually a national program to do this. Um, And if you go on, there's a website called canivote.org. org. Okay. And if you look on that website, if you wanted to become a poll worker, it explains, you know, how it works and why it's important. The American Bar Association is launching that along with, and we're doing one in Connecticut, along with the Connecticut Bar Association, we're trying to recruit lawyers. Uh, we've gone yeah. to the colleges and tried to find students who may be home and could help us out. Uh, there is money to pay people for election day through the federal grant that we're using. So uh, if you are at all interested, we probably need you, especially okay. in the city and uh, more rural areas. So uh, myvote.ct.gov. Okay. is The local one where and you go okay. back to that, volunteer. And even though it says volunteer, you do get paid. <laughs> but okay. um, right. you can volunteer to be a poll worker in your town or even in surrounding communities. It would be
0: great. Yeah, we really yeah need- I would imagine, like you said, the cities and the more rural areas. So we'll uh, include that with this interview. So, because, I mean, I mean, I would even be interested in doing that just to, yeah. to you know, to make it happen for people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so this is really helpful. Is there anything else you want to sort of say um, to the people who might be watching this about, um, you know, ha- about the upcoming election and things that, that anybody can do? Um, yeah. Essentially, uh, it's going to be
1: a very difficult election. We mm-hmm. are, I know that uh, local election officials are the ones that carry out most of it, but they're looking for help. Uh, So that that's something to talk to your local uh, registrars and clerks about volunteer to come help out because I think counting of the ballots at the end is going to be very time consuming and difficult, mostly because we have never dealt with this volume of absentee ballots before. So it may take a a certain, you know, I'm thinking maybe for the general election, even up to a week before we know what the results are.
0: I was going to, a lot of people are there. I've read, you know, accounts of people saying it could be months before, we have a, a, a result in the, I mean, unless it's a landslide, which I hope it is <laughs> yes. um, um, in the national election, but yeah. Right, we'll see. I mean, it, and that in this
1: atmosphere of suspicion and you can just imagine that's just gonna feed that beast. Yeah. So yeah. I'm very concerned about it, but that's just, you know, I don't know how much there is to communicate to people except to just realize that we're all going to have to be a little bit patient uh, right. and understand that this is a very difficult circumstance under which to have an election. Um, other than that, you know, like I say encourage people to send their ballots in early as early mm-hmm. as possible. I think this primary is kind of a test run frankly. Yeah. Yes. So there might be a few glitches along the way but They have to be ironed out by election day, but timing is important, like the post office problem, you know, all the things we've been talking about. So just do everything early, use the ballot box drop off if you need to, uh, and be sure, you know, that your vote gets counted and just, you know, Give us all a vote of confidence if you can, because we yeah. are working our, our little fannies off to make sure this goes off well. Yeah. And I think it's going to. Connecticut basically has a very solid system, uh, but you know we've gotta be on our toes for this one. It's not gonna be easy.
0: Yeah, well, I you do a great job for Connecticut, and I I feel very confident and about that. And you know, it's interesting be, having the experience of being out on the doors talking to voters. People are, um, I think, people really are being they're they're paying attention in in ways they hadn't before. And the other thing I think I'm seeing is the candidates can help too because they're they yeah. want people to vote right, so their materials are all saying so um so when we went out on the doors we have the actual ballot we can show it to voters and you know say okay so yeah
1: yeah I mean this is requiring some new forms of of, of campaigning as well. That's
0: yeah, also
1: I'm sure you see that. I mean yeah. doors are a little trickier than they used to be. They you can stand in the parking lot anymore and all that sort of thing. I mean it's very hard.
0: Different. Yeah it's very yeah. And people are going to
1: be, basically people are going to be effectively voting early because if yeah. you see the ballot in and you're a candidate you want to know who's voted or you know yeah. influence that or at least know what's going on and that's going to be a different uh way of doing things
0: yeah it's going to be very very interesting so anyway so i i want to thank you for joining us today and for all your work as connecticut secretary of state you and your staff do a terrific job so uh So we'll see how August 11th goes. Thanks, Bev, so much. And thanks to all your members and everybody who might be listening to
1: this for everything you do. Uh, It's really important for citizens to be paying attention right now. Absolutely, thanks.